Okay, so here's a question. Do any of you, uh, when you've got a lot of things to do, do you ever, ever, ever any of you write lists, lists of things to do? Hands up if you write lists. Yeah, most of us, me too. And um, once you, when you've got your list done and you tackle the first thing, you've done the first thing on the list, what, what do you do then? Cross it off, yeah, okay. And then what do you do? Go on to the next thing? Go on to the next thing, yeah. When you've done that, you cross it off, you work your way down the list. Okay, well maybe you're doing this and you manage to cross about six things off your list. What do you do then? What might you do then? Write more things on the list, says Abby. It's not what I would do. Any other ideas? Yeah, have a break. You might, you've done six things. You might think, oh man, I'm gonna have a break now, I'll have a cup of coffee. A chocolate biscuit, uh, I'm going to have a rest. And I'm actually, you might even think, I'm going to celebrate, really. I've kind of done, I've done, I've got a lot done this morning. I'm impressed I've got a lot done. And you stop and celebrate. Okay. This is a pattern that we see over and over again in the Bible, right from the beginning to the end. The first story of the Bible. What's the first story of the Bible? Does anyone know? Genesis, and what happens in Genesis right at the beginning? God creates the world, doesn't he? He does it in six days. I mean, I know we don't have to necessarily take this literally, but the way it's written, that's the story, the kind of creation poem. Uh, he, he creates light, then he divides on the second day the waters above to those below on the third day. He divides the land from the sea. On the fourth day, he puts the sun, the moon, the stars in the heavens. On the fifth day, he puts the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea. On the sixth day, he creates the animals on the land and human beings. So he's done a lot. He's crossed his six things to do off. And what does he do then? He has a rest. He says, this is very good. He has a rest and he really celebrates what he's done. Okay, so this is what we also see with Nehemiah. As, as I've already said, Nehemiah, he's given this really challenging task to do, to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he gets on with it, and, and he motivates a lot of people to help him, and it's really hard work, but he bashes on, and people all have a mind to work and help him, and despite all the problems, he eventually gets it done. It's interesting, actually, he gets it done in about 50 days, which is more or less seven times seven. Seven is a very significant number in the Bible, a number about completeness. So this is almost saying, like, he does it in a time so that it's completely complete, this wall, when it's done. And so he's done it. And what does he do? He says, okay, we're going to have a break before we get into the next task that God might have for us. We're going to have a break and we're going to celebrate. So he gathers everyone together, and this is why uh, I wanted Abby to read all those names, because you get a, I mean, when you're having a party, one of the things you do is to write a guest list very, very often, isn't it? I mean, um, two of my older children have just got engaged. I expect that one of the first things that they're gonna be doing is writing a list of all the people they want to invite and celebrate. So we get a real sense of all these people, all those people who were named. We didn't read chapter three, but if you have a look at chapter three, 
name after name after name of all the people who are working on this wall together. Now, again, they come together to celebrate. And um, Peter and I, we were in Jerusalem uh, last year, and we walked on the walls of Jerusalem. Of course, it was a different wall now than it was, and, and you, Edie, sorry to leave you out. Um, and it was uh, a different wall then, but it's still a big wall that you could walk on. And so uh, all, everyone gets together, they w process around the wall, rejoicing, dedicating their work to God, celebrating, and then this wonderful verse at the end, I don't know whether you can get, go one slide back, Edie, and it says, the joy, oh, another one, um, the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. See the last sentence. The joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. So all around Jerusalem, people could hear people celebrating. So my question is, what do we have to celebrate? What has God asked us to do where we might be able to celebrate? Does anyone know what our mission statement is in this church? <laughs> do you, Edie? Okay. Do you know what it is? Peace. Peace and reconciliation. I like that. It is. Our mission statement is to bring healing to the world, which is all about peace and reconciliation. And the way we're trying to do that is by making people disciples of Jesus, because we believe as Christians that people follow Jesus will bring more healing to our world. So that is what we're doing. So how are we getting on with that? What have we done recently that might be part of that? One of the things I want to suggest is this carpet. Anyone notice we've got a brand new carpet here? What do you think of the carpet? Very nice. Did it make you feel like, like a bit more welcome? Was it nicer to come into? Do you remember what the dingy dark carpet was like when you came in today? Did it feel a bit more welcoming having this lovely carpet? We didn't do it just because we got the cash to splash. We did it because we wanted people to feel welcome here and to make this place a nice space for people to feel welcome. What else have we done? We've been raising money for Hope School in Zimbabwe, thinking about how we love our neighbor, not just people around here, but people far away in countries which really need help. And what else have we been doing? We've been, we've been doing an alpha course. Uh, we've been preparing some people for confirmation in the summer. We've been getting on with this task of bringing healing, peace and reconciliation to our world by making disciples of Jesus. But have we finished? No. Will we ever finish? No, probably not. We're not going to get to the point where Nehemiah would say, okay, job totally, completely complete, job done. Does this mean we shouldn't celebrate what we've done along the way? No. We are called to celebrate. Why? Why is it so important to celebrate along the way what we're doing as we tick those things to do off the list? It's important because, as I've said already, it is the pattern of God that we see in the Bible. We've talk, thought about creation. When uh, Moses finally gets his job done, gets Pharaoh to let his people go, they get across the Red Sea, there's a huge celebration. When Solomon builds the first temple, 
he has a massive celebration when he dedicates that to God. So we see it time and time again in the Bible. We see it also in Jesus. We'll come to that a bit later. So what we're seeing is that we are getting, when we celebrate, a glimpse of who God is. That God is a God of rest and celebration. And we're also getting a glimpse of what heaven or the kingdom of heaven or the way the world, uh, God wants the world to be, which is a place of rest and celebration. God gives that vision to all the prophets. Isaiah talks about the lion lying down with a lamb. He talks about swords being beaten into plowshares. And then, of course, most obviously of all, in Jesus. Jesus often uses to tell stories about celebrations. He, talks, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding banquet. And, you know, this is one of the biggest celebrations in someone's life, to have a wedding banquet. And in that story, in that parable, Jesus tells people are invited all sorts of people are invited. In fact, it's not a guest list. We think, well, how can we cut it down to a hundred to get them into the church or the, the, the reception area that you've got? Uh, we'll have to cull a few off the list. No, Jesus, uh, in this story, says, go out into the highways and byways and bring in everyone. Everyone is welcome at this celebration. And there's another wonderful uh, wedding story that Jesus is involved in. It's not a, a story, but it's um, an account of something that happened at the wedding in Cana. What happens at the wedding in Cana? Does anyone know? The catastrophe happens. They run out of wine. And it's not at the beginning of the party. It's well into the party. Wedding parties in those days probably went on about a week. We're a couple of days in. The wine has run out. Does Jesus say, well, we've had a great party. Don't worry about it. Let's all go home. It's fine. No. He wants to party on and turns the water into wine. And then, of course, there's the work that Jesus does. What is the work that Jesus does? What does God call him to do? To give his life on the cross to save us from sin and death. Remember the final words of Jesus on the cross what are they? It is finished. It is finished. The job is done. But does it finish there? No, it doesn't finish there. It finishes on Easter Sunday, on a day of triumph and celebration, the greatest day of celebration in the Christian calendar when Jesus is raised from the dead. So what we see is this pattern of celebration, how we are called step by step, to celebrate what we are doing in the name of God uh, and to fulfill the task that he's given us to do. So every Sunday, we, we gather on Sundays because we're remembering Easter Sunday. That's why we meet on Sundays. Every Sunday is an opportunity to think about what we've done for God, both as individuals and as a community together, and to celebrate and, so, and to do that in such a way that the joy of St. Michael's is heard far away. Okay, so I could stop there, but I'm not going to stop quite there. Because I'm going to get you, if you don't mind, to do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to 
stand and celebrate. Now, before we do that, anyone here support a football club? Yes, John, you look a bit nervous. Everyone support a football club? Okay, so, John, <laughs> I'm going to pick on you. When, when your who's your team? Man U. Okay, so when Man U score, what do you do? You celebrate. How do you celebrate, John? What? Jump up or shout, yeah. They go, yay, yeah. What about, Tim, who do you support? Another Manchester United fan. We got a lot of Manchester United fans here. What do you do when jump up and down? Anyone else support a football team? Who would? Uh, Brentford. When Brentford score, Abby, do you celebrate? Do you politely clap like you do at cricket matches? No, what do you do? Yay, right, okay. So, let's stand up. Have a bit of a competition. Um, I think we'll do this side and then that side. Well, let's have to think of four things we've got to celebrate at the moment. There's the carpet, okay. There's Hope School. Anything else that we are celebrating that's part of our building of the kingdom of God in this church? Anything else we've been doing you can think of? Pancake Day. We're in, we've invited the whole community to Pancake Day. Yeah, one other thing that we've done recently. Anyone think of anything? The drop-in centre. We have open church now on Thursday mornings, which is being done by Leslie and Caroline and Florence and a few others. So, okay, right, we're going to do it in sort of competition here. So are you ready to give a big cheer in a moment? You're going to get the carpet. So let's hear it for the carpet. Yay! Okay, on this side. Let's hear it for Hope School. Yay! Uh, what we got next? Let's hear it for the drop-in center. Yay! And let's hear it for our upcoming pancake party. Yay! We have a lot to celebrate, and God loves a party. There's a wonderful book, actually, by Tony Campola called uh, The Kingdom of God is a Party. I commend it to you. It's a short book, and um, it, 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 it goes a little bit deeper into why God calls us to celebrate. Let's pray together now. Let's stand as we pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for your amazing love, your amazing grace for us, and we thank you for calling us to follow Jesus and to do this a uh, wonderful work of bringing healing to our world, bringing peace and reconciliation to our world uh, through Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for the many, many blessings that we see in this church. We thank you that we work together as a team, as a family. Uh, and, Lord, we thank you that you celebrate with us when we work and do things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.